escaping, David. Dave, are you in the fridge again? Get out of the fridge. David. What is up, everyone? This is the David Wells Experiment, and I'm your host, David Wells. So, big surprise, Lowell, I'm going to mention video games. I might mention some other stuff, but I want to talk about the launch of the Game Boy all the way back in 1989. Dang. In about seven years, the Game Boy will be 40 years old, and it lived from 1989 to, you could say, 2003. That was when it went from Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy SP. And it enjoyed a long life, but it had its time. But even within the retro community of video games, people still love it. And a lot of that has to do with nostalgia. One of the things I don't think the Game Boy gets enough credit for, especially the non-color version, was... It had four colors to work with, black, white, and two shades of gray, and people remember it being so detailed and having so much... It didn't give the impression that it was just working with four colors. That's how creative people were with it. I think from a design standpoint, it's remarkable what people were able to achieve or to suggest with such limited options. And it does feel like we kind of lost something. with that so part of art is working within your limitations and the game boy exemplified that marvelously and i don't think it gets enough credit for that so anyway the games i want to talk about today are super mario land super mario land 2 and wario land super mario land 3 i imagine that super mario land 3 was tacked onto wario land just for like marketing reasons but it makes sense because nobody knew who wario was well if you played super mario land 2 you knew but to the general public they who hadn't they might have been like is this a mario knockoff so there had to be some clarity so anyway the game boy wasn't the only handheld system that launched around that time about that same year or a year later it had competitors the Atari Lynx, the Sega Nomad, and the, I forget who it is, but Hudson Soft, they had their own handheld. I think it's called the Express or the TurboGrafx Express. Or, anyway, so these were all technically superior, and I feel like I've mentioned this before. They had color backlit screens, but the one thing they didn't have was battery life. Their batteries were like, you had to what is it oh yeah i think the worst offender and i forget if this is one of them or all of them you needed like six batteries for six hours of life whereas the game boy you had four batteries and you got 30 hours of life so purely by economics the game boy was the best choice but it wasn't just you know cheaper is better the game boy launched with star titles none of its competitors could say like oh yeah this is the software you're, that is going to motivate you to buy the hardware. The Game Boy launched with Super Mario Land and Tetris. 
it was packed with Tetris in order to appeal to an adult audience. Although originally they were going to pack it with Super Mario Land too, but they thought that would appeal exclusively to children. So they went with Tetris and it was a smart move on their behalf. People who wouldn't normally play video games went ahead and bought a Game Boy. The first time I got to play Game Boy was at a family friend's house and the husband, he owned two Game Boys and he had several games and I was hooked. I couldn't believe that you could play a video game in the palm of your hands and I desperately wanted one. And I think one time they accidentally left their Game Boy at our house and I was just like, yes, it's it's mine. Or it was mine for the duration before they came and asked back for it. Anyway, so one of the things... So I'm going to try to hone in on the Super Mario Land series, including Warrior Land. So when they did launch the Game Boy, they knew they were going to need a star title and Mario was their biggest player. So they set about developing a game for the Game Boy. Um, the big exception to this is that Shigeru Miyamoto wasn't going to work on it because he was too busy launching the SNES and working on Super Mario World. So Gunpei Yokoi, the designer of the Game Boy, headed this along with a bunch of other figures. So... If you look at Super Mario Land 1 and you look at Super Mario Land 2, there's a world of difference. Mario seems tiny. He operates almost like a tank. He stops on a dime, and the levels are short. The whole game is 12 hours. I think I beat it in like 40 minutes. You can't go back and forth on a level. Like Once you move past a certain point, you can't go back. And there's no save. They didn't bother putting a lithium battery to hold a charge to save data. I don't think that would happen for like another year or so. Anyway, that was the first handheld Mario game. And so some interesting things is they had to work with the limitations. As I mentioned before, they had four colors to work with. So they got rid of the green mushroom and replaced it with a heart. And rather than have a fireball, they had a cannon or a cannonball that bounced back and forth. So one of the things that they were able to do in that first game that they didn't get to do in the first Super Mario Brothers game is there are two shooting levels in that game. Um, the final boss is a shooting level. And Shigeru Miyamoto originally had ideas for that. So in a way, they they were able to use some ideas that they couldn't execute at first. So kudos to them on that. Now, a couple years... So that game sold insanely well. I mean, it was a launch title, and it was Mario. So, of course, the numbers make sense. So a couple years later, Nintendo has a better idea of what the Game Boy can do. They've had a couple years to work with its architecture, and they know how to push it more. So they released Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. That was the game that I got when I got a Game Boy in 1998. I want to say it was 1998. Anyway, there was an easy mode, and there was a 
I think there was a regular mode. It'd be great if there was a difficult mode because I play it on regular mode and I can breeze through the game. I mean, granted, I was like 10 or whatever when I first played it. So I always set it on easy. Anyway, so this one graphically looks superior. Um, it looks a lot closer to Super Mario World, which had come out in 1991. So there's a base of reference that people are like, oh, it doesn't feel so alien to us. When Super Mario Land 1 came out, the high point was of Mario was Super Mario Super Mario Brothers 3. So yeah, and Super Mario Brothers 1 still wasn't too far off. But Super Mario World comes out in 91 in the US and that's a game changer. So they realize they can't just do the same thing. So graphically it looks better and they introduce the vil so the premise for Super Mario Land 2 is well Mario was off in Sriracha Land. There was a food theme for the first game. Um, Wario came to Mario Land and took over his castle. So you go to like six different areas, you beat a boss, you get a coin, and once you get all six coins, you retake your castle. And Ma Wario is basically evil Mario. So when they came up with Wario, they're like, Mario's a good guy, what's the opposite? Well, a bad guy. So one of the things they noticed was that if you flipped the M over, it was a W, and Wadui is the Japanese word for bad, so hence wario now so here's my commentary on the first two games which what they have working for them and what they don't so one of the things so let's start with super mario land 2 graphically it looks better you can go back and forth between different areas of a level it's not just you go right oh you can't go back there's a bit more exploration, though not hugely. Um, yeah, and it isn't such a linear thing. One of the great things about it is you can choose which world you want to tackle first. And if you get bored, you can always go and try another one. Super Mario Land 1 was way too linear and just short. Um, you got 12 levels. You had to beat one, and if you died, you had to go all the way back to the beginning. So, also, you can save in Super Mario Land 2. That's a plus. Now, as much as I've criticized Super Mario Land 1, I've got to give it its dues. It felt like more of a challenge. Like, if I go through, if I play Super Mario Land 2, it feels pretty easy. Now, with Super Mario Land 1, it does. It feels more difficult. And it's like more of a challenge, like, ah! And like those ah moments where I like, you know, I died. They're kind of part of what makes the moments where I succeed so much better. So there's that. Now... So what I really wish they could have done with Super Mario Land 2 is kept the challenge of the first game 
while, you know, adding all the other stuff that I mentioned. But I kind of feel like, you know, they, well, they knew they could just repeat themselves. And maybe part of that was the difficult level, the difficulty level of the first game. So either way, both were fun experiences. And that leads up into the third game, if you want to call it that. Though it's more of a spinoff, really. Wario Land, Super Mario Land 3. So in this game, Wario's been defeated. He goes back to his where he's from. And he's like, dang it, I really wanted that castle. So he finds out the Brown Sugar Pirates, they stole a statue of Princess Peach. So he's like, hey, I'll steal it back and then hold it for ransom. So this game is interesting. So I kind of, I have a theory about how Wario Land came about. If you play Wario Land, you'll notice that he bashes into stuff, he stomps on things, and he's got a dragon helmet that breathes fire. So my theory is that when they were trying to come up with, like, this is just a theory that I'm speculating about, but my theory is that when they were trying to come up with a sequel for Super Mario Land 2, they came up with all these game mechanics that they wanted to try out. The problem is, all the stuff I mentioned doesn't sound, at least in the context of the time, because Mario does stomp on enemies now, it doesn't really seem to match Mario back then. So like, well, if he doesn't do it, then who? And how can we how can we market this with Mario? I'm like, oh, let's use the bad guy from the last game. He'll be sort of an anti-hero. That's my theory about how we got it. Now, Super, now Warrior Land, I kind of liked it of all those games. It, in, it included all the aspects that I liked of each of them. It's sort of a middle point in difficulty between... Super Mario Land 2 and Super Mario Land 1. Like, um, I did beat it, but it didn't feel like something I could breeze through. It felt like a good, decent challenge, even several years later. So, yeah. And the sequel, the sequel to Warrior Land, Warrior Land 2... It did something that was very interesting for platforms. You didn't... They basically made Wario immortal. There wasn't any... Okay, you die then. There was no dying in that game. Um, basically, if you... Like a boss, if you fought against one, you'd basically get sent away from the boss fighting area and you'd have to do it again. But the game was... Wario Land 2 was much more about sort of exploring the level than the first one. That was interesting what they did with the Wario Land series was they were much more exploratory games. Now, Wario Land did get a third one, and I went to a retro game place and I tried to play it. And I have to wonder if nostalgia was a factor in the other games, because I bought it and... I wasn't compelled to see it through like I was the other games. I think because 
they I feel like they sort of went back to Wario Land one, like some stuff. And I can't recall just because it's been two years. But I remember not having as much fun. But who knows? Maybe I just need to go back and play it. But yeah, that those are some fun games that I had. And yeah, they, they sort of set a tone. I personally like enjoyed the handheld Mario games more than the NES or the Super NES games. I know that's almost heresy, but that's what I was introduced to. Don't get me wrong, they were fun, but I only really got to play those games on the Switch emulators for the NES and Super NES. And as I mentioned before, having that rewind capability, it really makes it takes away the sort of punishment reward ratio and kind of lessens the experience. I think if I just played it on a regular system, I'd get that sort of thrill. So who knows? Maybe I have to go at it again. Well, this has been a pretty lighthearted episode of the David Wells Experiment. Um, I've got some errands to run before I go to work. So as I always say, have an absolutely super day, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.